With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today. At LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers afternoon drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That is Alan Saunders. Alan, Sunday is fast approaching. How are we doing on this fabulous Thursday? I'm doing good. You know, it was coordinator day. It's Thursday. We took another field trip back to Agriculture mm-hmm. Stadium. Did, didn't do the box lunch. We promised a box lunch. And instead, oh. they just had food set out for us there at the stadium, which is fine. The Steelers take great care of us in terms of uh, food and drink and and uh, mm-hmm. Chef Kevin from uh, Parkhurst and the staff do an awesome job. So I'm not complaining. But I was kind of – I did have my hopes up for, like, a look like an Uncrustable and an apple and a bag of laced potato chips. Like, I don't know. I kind of would have hit a little different. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. One of those uh, – it's like a nostalgia thing, right? Like, yeah, it's obviously yeah, right. not I a great meal. But, day, but like, mm-hmm. once in a while, that could be fun. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Alan, this game, uh, although some say that it might not be, will still take place in Buffalo. Um, what the heck was that about? I don't know. There was a report from, uh, I believe it was Marty Griffin of KDK Radio today that said that uh, there were talks that the you know, the, the league was thinking about moving this game to Cleveland in case there's a state yeah. of emergency in Buffalo. And here's the thing that I need to, to say, first of all. Do you know how much snow they have to get in Buffalo to declare a state of emergency? I mean, we are talking multiple feet before yeah, like people in Buffalo probably. are even, like, concerned about it, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's so funny. If you go onto, like, the website of uh, one of the Pittsburgh TV stations, 
when we're like forecast for a, to get like an inch of snow, there's like red banners across the top of the page and like Armageddon is coming, one inch of snow forecast in Pittsburgh. But go look at the Buffalo TV station websites right now. It's all like, yeah, it was a traffic accident and uh, you know, city council said, that, like, it's, it's, they're not even moderately concerned about the weather for this weekend in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. No one right. is really out, like, I mean, it's just not, they're nonplussed by the chance of there being some wind and some snow. And so the idea that the, the like, Buffalo was going to declare a state of emergency and that, and then they're just going to have to move the game. Like that's, that's, that's kind of unrealistic to begin with, but then you have the, uh, I don't know where this idea that they could move the game to uh, uh, Cleveland came from, but uh, told it's not true uh, by the Steelers. And so Mm -hmm. uh, I guess we'll, we'll continue our travel plans to Buffalo. Yeah. Even people on like the national level, um, Jonathan Jones, who's with CBS, he also put out that multiple sources have told him there's no truth to the rumor about it potentially being moved to Cleveland due to weather concerns. Uh, yeah, somebody in the, in the replies, because it was it was Pony that put out the thing from Marty Griffin, like per Marty Griffin, about that. And somebody mentioned, like, oh, that's not going to happen. And somebody said, like, in the past they've moved it. And it was the time where they got eight feet of snow in Buffalo that the game moved. Like, this isn't something that they just do every time they get, like, any type of inclement weather. Eight feet of snow would move the game. Yes, I agree with that. I don't agree. <laughs> and, and, but yeah. here's the thing, like, I don't even think it would be – like, if it's going to snow eight feet in Buffalo, how much is it going to snow in Cleveland? You're not solving any problems. It's not like Cleveland mm-hmm. doesn't get lake effect snow. Like, I, you know. Sure. If they're going to move the – and the other thing is, you know, do the Browns really want uh, people playing on their grass field in a snowstorm when Cleveland could still play a home game in these playoffs. Like, yeah, I doubt, I doubt Cleveland would be even super interested in that. If they're going to move this game, they're going to move it to somewhere inside Indianapolis or Minnesota or, you know, so, or maybe to New York. Right. But like, it's not, they're not going to play in Cleveland if they wouldn't play in Buffalo. That's just crazy. Yeah. No, that's very sound logic. That makes a ton of sense, uh, which is why it wasn't put out that way. Um, Alan, I think we have to kind of go along with yesterday, just a little quick rundown of the injury report as we have to do. Uh, the only DNP is TJ Watt, who's already been rolled out for this game with his knee injury, limited practice for Cam Hayward, who's just, you know, resting as he does throughout each week, but full participation from Najee, Minka, Landon Roberts, and Isaac Samalo, uh, which is good to see kind of on track with what we believe we're going to see on Sunday. So kind of status quo, I would say, more than anything else with those guys getting back to full participation. Got some breaking news for the podcast here. Today, okay. I saw TJ Watt carrying a knee brace. Mm. It's big. It's big. Okay. I mean, okay, he's not playing this week, but right. uh, I think, I think, and he's already like to the like, let me see how this feels with a knee brace phase. I think it, it does give some credence to the like, hey, if they keep winning, TJ can come back. Uh, kind of mindset. I mean, look, they've got a tough game here in Buffalo that I well, we give our predictions till Friday on this podcast, but I'm not sure it's much of a secret that I don't expect them to win this game. Um, but look, if they can win, I, I think you you start to open the door for a TJ Watt return. So the fact that he's already 
trying out knee braces. Uh, I think in my mind, anyway, that it kind of moves up the time frame a little bit, right? Yeah, like I was going to say, are we talking like divisional round as opposed to AFC championship game with a knee brace? We're talking like the crazy guy is probably going to try to play next week if they play. I, I'm skeptical that the Steelers would let him, but mm. he might try. Hey, I mean, Landon Roberts, a nutcase for playing right now as well. So, you know, maybe they just had a bunch of nutcases on this team that are going to be playing in situations that they probably shouldn't be. The difference is, is that, um, like, the Steelers' entire 2024 season is not resting on a Landon Roberts. Yeah, like, true. I love, I love Erob, but he is a far more uh, – fungible asset to the team. Like if he goes out there and tears the puck off his bone, trying to play through some crazy stuff, everyone's going to be like, dang, yeah. that sucks. Anyway. Uh, and so like, you know, uh, a little different if the Steelers do something with TJ Watt and he blows out his knee uh, and then misses all of next season, very different conversation if that happens. Sure. Yeah. Short term. They both sucked long-term one is much more devastating to the franchise. Um, Alan, before we move on and talk more Steelers stuff, one thing we do, uh, I feel like, have to mention, although it's not Steelers related at all, Bill Belichick and the Patriots yeah, parting ways of 24 seasons. He didn't wait seasons. for the podcast recording to break yeah. his news like Nick Saban did. Yeah. So I can't nope. react to it in real time. Like, just, you know, of course, Bill Belichick sticks it to the media one more time, you know, <laughs> very much in his in his persona there. Also, that was hilarious and they called a press conference today with him and Robert Kraft, and then they didn't take any questions. Uh, and yeah. Just an absolute master class in Bill Belichick being Bill Belichick to call a press conference and then not take any questions. That's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Uh, the one time where I felt like we were seeing a – I don't know about if I'd say different – at least something that I've never seen. Maybe if I went and, like, searching for it, there's other instances of it. You can hear his voice cracking a little bit, talking about, like, the fan base – uh, and, and missing those memories and like the parades that they've thrown, seeing even fans internationally when they played in Germany this year, like talking about the fans, you could tell got him a little bit emotional and it was a different side of Bill than at least I've seen. He is human. It's it, or at least part human. Maybe he's a yes. cyborg, but at least he's part human. And I think that was good to see. Mm -hmm. I'm very curious as to what happens with Bill Belichick. I don't, you know, they're, they're painting this as an as an amicable split and good for them for that. But, you know, he didn't say he's retiring. Uh, I mm -hmm. think he's going to coach again. I think he's going to coach again in the NFL next season. I think there are enough spots out there that somebody's going to talk themselves into making him their head coach. And I don't really know whether that's a good idea or a bad idea. You know, I think it's pretty clear that the Bill Belichick as – general manager, director of player personnel, and head coach is a bad idea. But, mm -hmm. like, look at – I mean, look at the failure rate of NFL head coaches. Like, the chances that he ends up better – well, let's say this. There's going to be – there's, what, five head coach openings right now? Where do you think Bill Belichick, if, the, if somebody hired him right now, would end up ranking of those – like, in three years? Like, one, two or three of these coaches that get hired five years from now, people are going to look back and be like, what were they thinking? You, you know, mm, just like yeah. right now, we look back at the head coach hires of 
three to five years ago and think that. I mean, the NFL is littered with head coaching hire failures. I don't know. I think somebody's going to talk themselves into it. I agree. Um, I, I know that it's been widely talked about as Atlanta, um, who have a GM in place already in Terry Fontenot, who I, I kind of like the early returns and what he's trying to do there. Obviously, very early in the process for him. He's only been there a couple seasons. Um, but I, I, so I don't think he has like his fingerprints fully on that roster yet at this point. I think that could be interesting. I also think it's interesting that there was it was put out there that there's a team that's potentially still playing that would think about making a move in order to bring him in. And that just screams Dallas, doesn't it? Like if the Packers upset the Cowboys, could they move on from Mike McCarthy? And could you imagine Jer- the Jones family and Bill Belichick working together? I mean, I can imagine Jerry Jones and Bill Belichick working together. They're like yep. both very old school uh, football guys. I think they can work together. It was like, oh, well, we don't have a general manager. We have a head coach and an owner, and there's no one in between. But, the, you know, he, that's the same relationship that Belichick had with Kraft. But, you know, in Dallas, it would be with Jerry still pulling a lot of the strings. I think that's actually a good fit for him if Jerry's crazy enough to fire Mike McCarthy, which I don't. I don't think it would be a good decision. I think Mike McCarthy's a good coach. I think he's been good for the Cowboys, but man, that'd be crazy. I can see it happening, though. I can see him fitting there. The place yeah. that I really think is a good fit for him is in Los Angeles. I really think if I'm that team with that quarterback, I think I think someone like Bill Belichick becomes extremely attractive. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing from Bill's side. That's what I would like to have in place, right? Is like you're not having to find that solution already. Like, if you go to LA, you know, you got Justin Herbert in place. If I, I mentioned Dallas, obviously, that's a very talented roster that yeah. can be taken over from the jump. Like, it, it's not you're not talking about having to rebuild this thing, strip it down to the studs, and then rebuild it. Um, like where New England with a very talent i'm not gonna say talentless but a roster that is depleted um and needs a lot of injection into that roster like you're not talking about that type of situation with either of those two so yeah well uh, and like and the other part of that is why is the new england roster talentless we all want to know who's causing this like you sure. know yeah. bill belichick's bad drafting is why the new england mm-hmm. roster is talentless and so i don't know why if you're a team in the middle of a rebuild you would want to sign up for bill belichick running it but I can really understand if you're the Chargers and you're like, hey, we have a good team. We have a lot of talent. We can't figure out why it's not working for us. Man, I think that's a, I think that's an attractive option. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. Um, anything else of that note before we move on? Because I want to touch on uh, – you talked to the coordinators today, and that's where I want to go next. But yeah, anything yeah. else on Bill? Uh, good stuff from Orlando Roberts today. Uh, credited Belichick for – Kind of saving mm-hmm. his career, and you know, Roberts was a wow. guy who was a little bit underrated coming out of college, I think, compared to the player that he became. And uh, sounds good talk. It was talk about your old coach day on the south side because we talked yeah. to Elaine and Roberts about Bill Belichick, and then we talked to Minka Fitzpatrick and Najee Harris today. And so, of course, Nick Saban came up, uh, Najee, with a really good story about how Nick Saban's wife came to visit his mom when she was sick and mm. in the hospital, just about the off-the-field impact that he feels that Nick Saban has made. That's one video up here on the YouTube channel, so go make sure you check that out. Uh, Minka said he was very surprised by that news. Nazi Harris said that Nick Saban actually told him two years ago that he was going to retire soon, and Nazi didn't really believe him. Oh, wow. So uh, I guess uh, 
I guess he wasn't lying uh, about that when he told Najee. And so interesting stuff from those guys. Always cool to hear, you know, players talk about coaches that have been impactful in their lives and their careers in that way. And so well, one of the parts of my job I really enjoy doing. Good stuff on that front today. Um, yeah, I wanted to ask you if either of those guys, because obviously playing under Saban in college and now playing under Tomlin, I'm sure they've been asked this a lot. Actually, I've asked Minka this when he was on our show before, was like if there was any similarities that they could define between playing under Tomlin and playing under Coach Saban. Yeah, I think you're not going to get those. Like, those guys are too good at this uh, media game to, to play the comparison uh, very often. You know, E-Rob has said in the past, you know, I, I don't compare coaches. You know, they're, they're, they're successful. And I think the biggest thread that I've gotten from talking to people um, about what makes those guys tick is, you know, I, I really don't think there are a lot of similarities between Mike Tomlin and Bill Belichick in terms of the way they approach their job. I think the thing that you see, I think maybe there are probably more similarities between Tomlin and Saban, but I think the thing you see that that guys, like the reason that guys gravitate to those places and the reason they have success is the dedication to the craft. And that's why you see guys that are 72 years old and they retire or they leave their job and people are surprised and people are like, Oh my God, how are, how are the, you know, I can't imagine the New England Patriots without Bill Belichick. Elena Roberts said Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl when he was two. Elena Roberts is now one of the oldest guys in the Steelers locker room. Like when you have people doing that job for that long, they have to be extremely dedicated to it. And I think that's probably the one thing that I've picked up as a common thread between guys like that, but it's a very different approach between a guy like Belichick and even a guy like Saban, who are friends, who coach together in yeah. in uh, Cleveland. And mm-hmm. so, you know, imagine only the Browns could have Bill Belichick and Nick Saban on their coaching staff and not win, <laughs> right? Just yeah, just uh, absolute uh, kick in the pants to that franchise that that they somehow came through that scenario. Uh, I did want this just like I remember when we had Mink on one thing that popped in my mind I wanted to bring up because unless it's somebody else has scored <coughs> differently since then every player that goes to Alabama they take like a test to see how similar they are to coach Saban and Minka was basically the exact same person on this test and it's like based off in like how analytical you are and just like these all these phases and he was the most similar player in Alabama history under Nick Saban to Nick Saban. They called him the, like the guy on the team called him the coach's son, yeah. And like because they're so similar to the point, and it just became so like ubiquitous that there was a point where like someone, I guess, at some point had to be cleared up on the fact that Mike Fitzpatrick was not actually Nick Saban's <laughs> son. Like that, there was like at some point some discrepancy in the record for wow. someone who had just mm-hmm. heard him always referred to as the coach's son that that he was not Nick Saban's son. Uh, very similar guys, very similar approach to the game. I think what separates Mika Fitzpatrick is that he's an elite athlete uh, that also attacks the game intellectually at a high level. I I could totally see Mika Fitzpatrick being a coach. I really could. I, I think that's mm-hmm. – uh, I mean, look, he's going to make a lot of money as an NFL player. He's probably not going to need to do it. 
But if he wants to, I, I think he could be a pretty good one. And I think, you know, his similarity to and his experience learning from Nick Saban really goes a long way there. Yeah. So along with talking to the players today, Alan, also the coordinators speaking today, um, you know, what did we what did we hear from them in terms of their approach towards Buffalo, the, attacking this weather, like everything that they're challenged with this week? Well, I just got to take a total sidebar. There is a truck okay. next to me on the road right now with a Buffalo Bills bumper sticker. So, oh, like, man. to go back to our, like, Bill, they are out drive. there. They are out there. They are out there. That doesn't um, for Steelers afternoon drive. That's a Bills afternoon drive thing. I don't know if that show exists, but. I, I know. I'm just, Well, just going back <laughs> to our conversation about disliking yeah. Bills fans, you know, they, they do exist in your community. Beware. Uh, yeah. Actually, it's funny, a friend of mine from elementary school grew up a Bills fan in Pittsburgh. I don't know how that happens, but it does mm-hmm. happen. Um, Interesting. So, yeah. Uh, there is a strange, you know, I talk, we talked about the level of confidence in the Steelers fan base about this game and how I didn't, wasn't necessarily thinking that it made a lot of sense. And we talked yesterday about, okay, well, what are the reasons for it? And I do think there are a bunch of threads that you can pull on if you're a Steelers fan, to give you some confidence in this game. The, the people in this locker room are confident, too. That's really my big takeaway from today. Mm. <clears throat> you know, Najee talked about, like, hey, we see things on film that we think we can exploit. And that's a fairly bold statement when you're talking about what is a very good Buffalo Bills team. I, I get the sense that there are – that they have a game plan – that they are confident in. I asked Najee, someone else asked Najee a few weeks ago after the Steelers went, maybe it was before the Ravens game, about the Steelers' record in the division and why that that had been so good in the division. And Najee said, you know, we feel confident when these teams that we play all the time, Mike Tomlin has the game plan, has the blueprint to beat them. And I asked him, like, look, the Steelers will have now played Buffalo, including the preseason, six times in five years. Mm-hmm. Is that enough familiarity to unlock some of those secrets? And, and he basically said, yes. Like, we feel comfortable, confident in our game plan. He said he is more confident going into this game right now than he was in playing the Chiefs with Ben Roethlisberger at quarterback in 2021. So – I guess if you're one of those Steelers fans that was optimistic, maybe those feelings are being validated. I don't know. I'm, I'm still going to be skeptical, I think, but it's noteworthy to me. That's for sure. I was just saying, so how much of that is just like, you know, confidence because you have to be like, I, I, I could you gauge that though? Like, does it, it feels genuine. To you it, it's more than the normal level of confidence that every athlete has in their own abilities i think especially when you specifically start talking about like hey look we have a game plan and we think it's a good one it, yeah like that's not a sentence you're hearing every week like that's something that you're you're hearing I guess. that, that yeah, well, my reporting ears go up when year. i hear that yeah right hmm. yeah I, I think that's that's unusual to say like, I'm more confident now than I was two years ago. Like that's to me, that's a pretty bold statement. Like, and, and Najee Harris is not a player that is prone to them. I don't. I wouldn't think. You know. And so I just think it's it's noteworthy. I don't know that it means anything, um, but it, yeah. it is noteworthy. 
So I, we've talked about like obviously now it doesn't matter because it's hindsight in terms of the team that they are going to match up with. But from your perspective, then, do they almost feel better about matching up with this Bills team because of how many times they played them than a Kansas City or a Miami? Obviously, Miami wasn't possible going into that last game, but you know, heading into this past weekend, it was. Yeah, I mean, you're never going to get anybody to answer that question, honestly. Sure, the bulletin board. board factor, right? Yeah. But, you know, given that, and also, just as a, a total reporter sidebar here, I asked that question at the very end of Najee's press conference today, and the question before had been about, like, the Steelers recovering from, you know, having, like, a 4% chance of making the playoffs or whatever. And Najee mm-hmm. took issue with that question. He, he did not like that question, the question, the premise of the play. Like, that stuff doesn't matter. Why are you going to ask me about that? And I asked that question. He was like, that's a really good question. And then he went on to say, like, we we do feel comfortable because we've played them enough. So I, I kind of think that if you, like, fed some people some truth serum, that there are people in that locker room that did want to see the Bills, that they felt like they could come up with a game plan to beat the Bills. Now, was he the only – player because you've mentioned there's a sense of optimism in the entire room but it was really Najee that said this so was he the only one that actually was asked about this matchup specifically and said that sentiment or yeah I mean I, I kind of I, because it was Najee that had said that about mm-hmm. the divisional success I very specifically wanted to ask Najee that question I I didn't ask if anybody else it didn't seem okay. like anybody else was on that wavelength with me the Minka you know was asked about Josh Allen and you know, complimentary, of course, but I, I did just yeah. get a sense of confidence and, and you know, make us a confident guy all the time, always. I'm, I'm not saying that they aren't, but I, I just, you know, when you talk to somebody and they, you feel like they've got something up their sleeve, uh, that's what I feel about. The They're passing the vibes right check right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It just feels like they got something going on. I'm, I'm not saying mm-hmm. I'm, we're going to give a prediction tomorrow. I'm going to give a spoiler. I'm probably not going to pick them to win. But, like, there's just something about this team that is different. Let's just say you can You can see the rosters. You can see what the weather forecast looks like. You can see what the spread looks like. You can't see vibes, Alan. You got to just feel them. You can't see vibes. You got to feel them. That's right. Taking the temperature of the room is is a – an important part of my job and uh, the temperature of the room is confident I think and that's it's noteworthy Wait, that's all I can uh, ask for coordinators of course are not going to mm-hmm. give away confidence but I feel like we learned a lot talking to Eddie and TA today uh, and I brought up a stat I actually slightly misstated it in my question to Eddie I will apologize for that at some point later, but Najee Harris has six career 100-yard carries, 100-yard games. Okay. Of those six games, four, no, three of the six have been in January. One of the six was last week in a December rainstorm, and the other was in a November rainstorm in the tie against the Lions in 2021. Mm. Basically, Najee Harris loves playing in this junk and we talked about this a little bit earlier this week but i asked eddie like what 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 is it about him and you know he basically said this is why we wanted this guy big backs they hold up over the course of the year and they're unbothered by the conditions you know when you have a little guy who needs to scat around and you know do 
who has to make cuts, who has to make people miss to be successful. When you put them in bad weather conditions, they aren't going to be. And that's one of the, he said, that's one of the reasons they wanted Najee Harris was that he was an all weather back. Like it was like getting it. Get, the Steelers went out and they were like, I'm tired of changing the snow tires. I want me a set of all season radials right here. And they went out and got it with Najee Harris. And I think that's an interesting way to approach the position, especially if you happen to play in Pittsburgh in the AFC North that I'm not sure I would have considered before. Uh, yeah, me either. I mean, that that's interesting for sure. It's like, we, we know that teams look at their own roster, look at their division, and it could play into their roster building for sure. But like that is that is very interesting to actually hear them say that out loud. Like we wanted this guy specifically because we think about the way he's going to hold up long term. Which which you mentioned, we we've talked about on here. Like he gets better as not only as games go on, but as seasons go on. Um, yeah, very interesting, very interesting stuff there. So uh, interesting confluence then of uh, us breaking down Najee Harris's stats, and then I didn't include. You know what's interesting? I didn't include that Kansas City game. They were they were didn't do anything on offense, so I'm assuming his statistics weren't very good in that one. But what, uh, um, playoffs, yeah, that playoff game mm-hmm. in, in 21. So it was cold then. It wasn't it didn't snow, but it was cold in Kansas City then. Um, but I, I don't. You know, I don't think he had a very good game, uh, just based on my memory of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think the success in January in his career, and they don't play that many games in January. You play what two Ooh. a year? <laughs> uh, real quick, he had in that playoff game 12 carries for 29 yards, two receptions for negative one, also fumbled in that game. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was good. Uh, and yeah. part of that was that after the first quarter, the Steelers were trailing pretty big the rest of the way and needed to throw the ball, but uh, yeah. Yeah, not not great. Just I don't know. Interesting, interesting all around there. Uh, other stuff from Eddie. Hmm. You know, I want to write a story about Mason Rudolph this week and the way he has really done a very good job of taking risks without throwing interceptions. And Eddie kind of made the point that he's actually not really taking risks because of the way they've been able to get explosive plays from short passes and how, like, the, the throw to Deontay Johnson is like, that's a short pass. Like, it's just a big play. And when you can do that, then you can take fewer risks. You know, it, it's not that they don't are afraid to. It's that they haven't had to because they've gotten big plays out of short passes. And that's what's really set up a lot of their success is that they've just been able to do, you know, really good things in the throw short and run at long game. And really when you think about it, there was that big play down the sideline from to Pickens against the Bengals that wasn't a touchdown. And then there was the one that was a touchdown. But really these last two games, the passing game has been short passes and they've still – gotten big plays anyway if you're worried about the conditions in this game you know i think the steelers passing offense if you can go 18 to 20 in a monsoon at 30 degrees in baltimore then you can do that in the wind in buffalo too like it seems like the things that they're doing are going to be able to carry over to the conditions that are going to be on the field on sunday 
yeah, there's a lot of translatable things that they're doing offensively that are going to work in any conditions, uh, for sure. And that's and that's again why I'm saying like I, I like you. I don't want to give away my prediction yet, but there's there's a path. There's a path here. They got a blueprint for the way that they could walk out of this game with a victory. Are you feeling more optimistic about this game as the week goes on? I I feel like I felt the, the same. We learn, okay. Um, because I wasn't like, I wasn't giving them no chance to begin with. Like I, I was kind of on the boat. Like, I think that there is a path here, um, which I'm still, I'm still on. So, okay. yeah, I don't know. That I'm feeling point. more optimistic about their chances. As we go. I okay, still, I'm cool. not feeling good about this, but I, sure. I think I'm, I think I'm buying some of what the Steelers are selling in some of these instances. Um, real quick is, wow, 30 minutes already. Uh, flipping the defense, um, interesting conversation with ta about gabe davis and how much he means to this offense and uh you know whether he'll play or not i think will be a big storyline to watch over the next 48 hours um i didn't see i buffalo injury report came out just before we started recording i didn't see if he practiced today he did um, not and actually stefan diggs had a quote about one <coughs> him so oh. he can yeah uh Bills are trying to win for Gabe Davis, so he has something to play for when he comes back. Okay, so doesn't yeah. seem like Buffalo's getting Gabe Davis. You know, it's interesting to me because most of the time when you have a superstar wide receiver, that guy is the big play guy, and the other receiver is, like, your possession receiver, right? Like, that's mm -hmm. sort of the traditional archetype. And the Bills kind of flip that on their head, right? I mean, Stephon Diggs is – basically just the world's best possession receiver and Gabe Davis is the home run hitter. So I think it really takes something normally if a team loses its number two wide receiver, you go, Oh, well, well they still have stuff on digs. I do think it kind of takes something away from the Buffalo offense to play without Gabe Davis that most teams would sure. not feel if they lost their number two wide receiver. Yeah, and it's a lot of because I know there's times where the the box store will look a little empty for him, but his ability to just take that top off and leave things underneath for Stephon Diggs, the attention that he would be taking away that isn't going to be taken away if he's not on the field. Yeah, I mean you're asking a lot in an elevated role for like a Khalil Shakir or uh, you know Trenton Sherfield, like guys like that. Obviously Dalton Kincaid, more of a receiver than a an inline tight end as well. But yeah, I mean no Gabe Davis would be massive for that Buffalo offense. Yeah, so I talked to him about that. Some other stuff about Kincaid um, and about just the way the, the Bills have been a different offense since Brian Ken Dorsey. Maybe we can get into more of that when we break down the X's and O's tomorrow. Yep. But, uh, man, time flies. Time does fly. Real quick, I did want to just say, too, I was going through some of these uh, just to get a gauge on, because you asked, you wanted to know when people are watching or listening to the show, and very different answers. Uh, sometimes late at night after 11. John says 4.30 a.m., from Tampa, uh, Frankenstein says between five and eight p.m. Appreciate you listening, Frankenstein. Uh, Randy says eight p.m. here. Um, Steeler Wade show, who's been a very uh, loyal listener watcher of the show, uh, says five right as yeah says five right when I see it pop up. So yeah, a lot of different times here. People are watching or listening to the show, which we appreciate. That four thirty a.m. in Tampa, man. That's uh, that's a wild one. Yeah, I mean, when we set out to do this, you know, one of the things I thought was that a lot of podcasts get posted in the morning, which means that they are very mm -hmm. detached from the day's news. And I wanted to do something where we could 
react more immediately to what happened today. And I'm glad that people, I'm glad that works for people, that people are able to listen in the evening and they're not just listening tomorrow morning anyway, because then there'd be no point of me doing this on my drive home uh, so that we could get this podcast out to the people. So anyway, thanks. I appreciate the feedback and wanted to know that as we move into the off season here, uh, what, uh, what we should be doing. Sure. All right. Well, Alan, tell the people where they could find you. Uh, in traffic on Route 30. Uh, at ASON is underscore PGH on Twitter. PGH Steelers Now, SteelersNow.com. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, and we'll see you in Buffalo. Yeah. If you are not already, like, subscribe, hit that notification bell, hit us in the comments. 50 to 60% yeah, of the people. Coming. Alan, I don't know if you're aware of this. 50 to 60% of the people that consume the content on this channel are not currently subscribed. To the channel it is absolutely free to subscribe to the channel so please do so leave us a like hit that notification bell so you know when a new episode of this is posted a new episode of uh pregame scout is posted all the clips from guys talking in the locker room all that good stuff all the content on the channel if you're listening somewhere else leave us a five-star review apple spotify wherever that might be for alan saunders and myself zachary smith pgh thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the steelers afternoon drive Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.